I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high-quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. Hello. Hi. How are you? How are you? I am on the top of the world today. Oh, oh yeah. You actually (laughs) are because you've got exciting stuff in the works. Exciting life choices. Yeah. Maybe I've got a new car, but also I'm still on a high from celebrating your bridal shower, my beautiful (gasps) favorite bride-to-be. You guys, you organized getting me a fucking Dyson. Yes, I Hell yeah. Shit. You yes, got I me did. there. You tricked yeah. me. I gotcha. I got you, you good. Got you good. And I just joked. I just said I don't want any gifts unless it's a Dyson. And you're and like, I, hmm, let me just take that literally real quick. <laughs> I'm literally taking that. Don't s- be careful what you say around me. Well, now I know. I can't ask for anything. <laughs> Actually, I would really love a million dollars. Well, okay. I mean, let's see how many people I can pool. I could probably actually. (laughs) (laughs) If we all. Everyone who's coming to the wedding for (laughs) $10,000. We all donate $10,000. We can get Caitlin her million dollars. Nope. Unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) Would never. (laughs) That's funny though. Yes, I had the most wonderful time. You organized a perfect day. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad. And you know what else we did that was so fun and rewarding? Oh, my God. That live event. (sighs) That was so sick. It was everything. I don't think I've ever done anything that cool. No, I don't think I've ever been feeling as cool as I did Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. We're like famous on the Internet. 
kind of semi moderately <laughs> i wouldn't go all the way there we don't no. have a blue check or anything <laughs> no 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 verifications on us yeah it was awesome and if you don't know what we're talking about we chatted with angeline oh, yeah. Booley um about her second book called warrior girl unearthed which is awesome and if you weren't there you can rewatch it. I think I posted it in the Facebook group and I don't know if it's still in the link in the Instagram bio, but we're going to post a special bonus episode too. So keep an eye out on your feeds for that. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. 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 What are you reading and like doing and stuff? Well, I've been a busy bee like I have been all summer, it feels like, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. like you, but you you even more so um no, I'm reading even more so because you're organizing all this stuff for me no yeah <laughs> you're yes. organizing a whole wedding <sighs> yeah but like I've been doing that for a long time oh, anyway okay. anyways anyway. anyways let's not fight about who's busier <laughs> <laughs> and why <laughs> well you're doing this and I'm only doing this <laughs> Oh, I finished um, You All Grow Up and Leave Me or whatever that was called. <gasps> that creepy fucking yeah. guy. Tennis instructor. Yes. Um, yes. That was tough to read. Um, so it was good. Just it was a bit tough to read. So yeah. obviously yeah. I'd recommend it if you are in that mind space and you're good mm. with that kind of stuff. Like, um, mm-hmm. Honestly, I'll just say it, pedophilia and stuff like that. So an obsession, obsession and stalking. So if Mm. you're cool with that, then all by all means. But I would take care of definitely reading that book. Good little warning there. That's Mm -hmm. that's nice. But now I'm reading From Here to Eternity (gasps) by Caitlin Doughty, which I had started a while ago, but now I'm focused on But it's a real book. Yes. It's a another real book two real books in a row OMG, what What was the other real book well that you all grow up and leave me is a real story oh no i meant like a physical and actual physical book oh yes an actual physical book (laughs) i thought we were talking fiction and non-fiction no but it is it is interesting that you're doing two non-fictions interesting and you watch some documentaries now you're a changed girl i'm a changed girl Fuck, um, that speaking of which, shit. sorry, yeah, go ahead. I started listening to that that podcast you recommended last episode. Oh, Mind of a Monster. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I quite like it. So thanks for that. So I just finished reading, well, listening to one of the girls by Lucy Clark, which was recommended by our friend Shauna. Um. Mm. And it was really frigging good. Honestly, I kind of like regret listening to it and not suggesting it as like a podcast book because it would have been really juicy, but it was a good listen and I do recommend it to read. We have some new babes. Tell me. Okay. Their names are Michelle, Jennifer, Marie, and Mitha. Welcome. Hi. That is amazing. Hello, everybody. Hello. I think Hope- some of them came from the um, interview with Angeline. Oh, sweet. I mean, I I feel like we'll probably be reading Warrior Girl Unearthed in May 2023. So. That's a faux show. So get ready for that. I bet yeah. the new babes will love that. Pre-order that nice. book. 
Yes, uh, we did. Mm-hmm. Already done. We did. And it's weird because I've never purchased something so far in advance in my whole life. Same here. I don't think I've ever pre-ordered anything. Right? It's kind yeah. of fun, I guess. I'll forget about it. And then one and day we'll just have a little, little it's book mail. It's going to be a little surprise. Oh, that's surprise. fun. Uh, that is fun. Well, should I? we talk about this book before a tornado comes and takes me to um, fucking Wizard of Oz land? <laughs> I really hope you don't actually have a tornado. <laughs> but yes, we should record this before you're in okay. Wizard of Oz. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Okay, we're reading Good Girl's Guide to Murder. This is week two, and we're reading chapters 11 to 22. And I think that I start us off. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Are you ready? Yes. I cannot believe that this is the beginning. It feels like so much has happened. I know. <laughs> I know. Rereading my notes, I'm like, um, who, what, no? What? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're back in the woods when the crew was camping. Connor grabs a flashlight and takes off after the, quote, pervert, which I found very funny that they just, like, automatically assumed it's a pervert. Pip grabs a flashlight, too, and she chases after him. Um, They end up losing him. Connor says all he saw was a black hood, but that it's got to be a man, right? Which kind of was, like, this interesting Mm. little suggestion. Mm -hmm. Um, They all end up getting lost on their way back, but they end up finding the marquee. Kara is scared and super drunk. Um, so Pip ends up putting her to bed and everyone is sort of like settling down. Um, Pip ends up getting into her sleeping bag and she finds a note at oh, the bottom. Shit, the note of her sleeping bag. Uh, and it says, quote, stop digging, Pippa. Mm-hmm. And so Pippa is automatically pissed at the boys she's assuming that they left the note and she's like super angry at them about it like really angry um and the boys are just adamant that they did not leave this note um so she goes back to bed but she ends up being the last one awake and she's sort of just like ruminating on that note and then she starts hearing all the forest noises and it sounds like she hears some sort of screaming animal and then it's got her thinking of Andy and it just set the scene for like a really sketchy sleep. <laughs> no, thank you. Nope. No, thank Me you. Out of there. I don't know. Yes. I feel like if that happened, I would have been like, let's pack up camp and let's go. I know she's so fearless, though, this yes, Pippa. This is true. This is true. Like, she- especially everything we've seen in these chapters. She's so fearless. Mm-hmm. True. True. <laughs> 
okay. So we are at Kara's house and this is the first time that she's ever kept things from Kara because Kara oh. said that she hadn't told anybody, but she did tell a few close people that anyway. So Pip is like, I need to keep this closer to my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very nervous, but Kara's having an existential crisis. Um, her parent or her dad is putting pressure on her about um who does she want to be when she quote unquote grows up? What school do you want to go to? And I'm like, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So it's okay, Kara. It's fine. Yeah. Don't um, worry. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Um, but of course, Pip has decided um that she has decided all of this already and that she's going mm-hmm. to King's College in Cambridge, which sounds really smart for English. And she already knows that she wants to be a mix of Louis Thoreau, Heather Brooke, and Michelle Obama um, all rolled into one. So all the best (laughs) aspects from those people. Also, I researched who Heather Brooke is, and Mm -hmm. there's also a porn star named Heather Brooke. So careful if you (laughs) look that up. Um, Just my search results were a little questionable, but there's also a that who (laughs) Pip wanted to be. (laughs) <laughs> no, there's also a British reporter that goes by Heather Brooke. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, um, anyways, um, so um, Kara's existential cri- crisis is kind of covering up um, um, Pip's like nervousness. Um, but Ravi texts her for an update. Um, Kara teases her um and asks for an update and this is very obvious oh no nothing absolutely nothing is Mm -hmm. pip's response Mm -hmm. um so she is still adamant that aunt and connor um are still behind the note um but she has no solid proof so now she has to start considering other options um what if it was somebody else and if that somebody else has a lot to lose um she hasn't told a soul about the note um and like I had mentioned, she has to keep everything close to her chest right now and make sure she's not sloppy or people will start to notice. Um, and I mean, this is also mm-hmm. obvious. She asks to borrow Kara's lap- laptop and um, she's thinking like anyone could have followed us there, but there's only one person of interest on my list that knew where we, we where we were going. And that was Naomi. Mm-hmm. Um and then she's wondering if there's another side to Naomi that she doesn't know about. Um, so when she takes Kara's laptop, she changes some printer settings, which I love that they named their printer um, Freddie Prince Jr., like Prince. Prince. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So she's changed the printer settings to keep all the printed documents for the future. She's thinking that maybe it was Naomi that was behind the note. Yeah. Interesting. Very, Very interesting. interesting. All right. Then we hop into a production log. Um, Pip is having her second interview with Emma. She asks her about the other man and Emma accuses Chloe of having been the leak because only the two of them knew. So that's kind of funny that Pip's playing like the two of them against each other. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
They got together not long before she went missing. This is um, Andy and the older guy. Emma really wasn't sure if this guy was real, so she never told the police. She thought that, like, it was just typical of Andy to make something like this up, which is, like, that's like the, what is it, the boy who cried wolf? Like, when Mm -hmm. you tell so many lies, people won't know what's serious and what's not in case you go missing. (laughs) Yes. True, true. (laughs) Not great. No, yeah, I feel like that actually really encompasses what kind of is happening as we yes. get through this. Yeah, totally, totally, 100%. Um, So Andy never mentioned Naomi Ward to um Emma or really to Chloe either because the two of them probably talked and would have known. Um, But she did mention Mr. Ward, who is the history teacher, who is also Kara and Naomi's dad. And that Andy was calling him names and stuff, which is weird. So Pip is now worried that Elliot was lying to her and could somehow be involved with Andy, which is very sad. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's speculating that if it was Elliot, Mr. Ward, and they were having an affair, he would have faced jail time. So that could be a potential motive, question mark. And so she adds Elliot Ward to the person of interest list so pip is in mr ward's class and she's taking notes and she can't decide if it's rude or a quote pipism to ask about andy's comments to mr ward like essentially she's accusing him of something right Mm -hmm. lying to her Mm -hmm. so she tells him about how he denied having contact with andy versus what emma told her um mr ward ends up telling her that he did leave that part out because he doesn't like speaking poorly about the dead but there was a bullying video that had been uploaded to the internet by and of Andy where she was being the bully and he didn't want her whole future and her whole life to be ruined by alerting the head teacher about this video, which he knew about from Naomi. So he called Andy's dad and he said he'd take care of it. So it makes sense if she was calling, if Andy was calling Mr. Ward an arsehole because she was pissed about the video, right? Mm -hmm. So he says he never told anyone. He doesn't know the name of the girl in the video, but that Naomi probably would. And she's relieved about the truth from Elliot, but she's having bad vibes about having to talk to Naomi again. And then that goes into a log. So Pip is chatting with Naomi. She's finding out about this bullying bullying video. Andy was bullying a girl named Natalie Da Silva because she was jealous slash threatened of her. Um, It ended up getting really bad. And Andy tricked her into sending topless pics of herself. And then she put them online. So she like coerced this guy that natalie really liked to like he she took his phone and then got Mm. the pics yeah which is so vindictive like this girl is a winner he's kind of the worst yeah um she also said that nat's brother had sex with her when she was andy when she was 15 and if nat didn't drop out of the play that she got the leading role for that andy wanted the role of she'd report her brother for statutory rape um nat ended dropping off nat ended up dropping out she didn't know if it was true or not but if it was true she didn't want that to happen Mm -hmm. it just she was protecting her brother um and then we find out that 
since high school, Natalie has actually gotten into some serious trouble with the law. Ooh. Yeah, yoy. Okay, and then we go into another production log where Pip is trying to find anything that she can on Daniel De- Daniel Dus da silva who is nat's brother and she's wondering if he could potentially be the secret older guy that andy could have ruined she's looking and she sees that he had a new wife around that time that andy went missing um and that if he was with andy he would have been cheating on her um so she could have ruined him that way or again with the police report for the rape and so if this is true daniel maybe did have a reason to want to kill Andy. Um, he is also a police officer. He somehow may have been able to disturb the investigation by potentially tampering the evidence at the Bell residence. And she ends up pouring over photos to see if he was somehow involved in the investigation. And there is one potential photo that could be him from the back. So he goes on the list. Hmm. On the list he goes. On the list. Now Pip is at Ravi's place. And they're on a mission. Ravi's now calling her Sarge. And um, she, tell- <laughs> she tells him that they're going to go um, look at two potential suspects. But she needs backup since this person just got out of jail. Um, Ravi explains that he doesn't want her risking her safety. Um, and she's just like, yeah, but nothing really comes between me and my homework. So <laughs> you're just going to have to come along love it she's filling him in on the updates except of course about the figure in the um, forest and the note um because he doesn't she doesn't want him telling her to stop the investigation Mm -hmm. um they make it to natalie's house and she's not really into interested in talking at all um in fact she says that bitch ruined my life i'm not wasting one more breath on her Though she okay, does, okay. yes. Though she does ask if Naomi is okay. Um, at this point, Naomi, or sorry, at this point, Ravi accidentally trips on some loose gravel or something like that. By the way, they thought it was a good idea if Ravi, Ravi, like, kind of stood back and was mm. hidden during this. So then he's like trips into the scene and is like, "Hey, sorry, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> what up?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm here. Um, <laughs> Literally trips in. Yes. <laughs> Natalie knows who Ravi is and says to him that Sal was always nice to her. And she even says, I'm sorry you don't have your brother anymore and how hard it must be um, in a town that worships Andy. And um, in fact, the memorial bench for her should read not soon enough instead of taken too soon. <laughs> Oh, she's not helping herself out here very much. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Honestly. Um, so at this point, Pip kind of sees there's a light here and agrees to go along with coaxing her um, and ends up talking. Um, Natalie ends up talking with Ravi instead, essentially. Um, she admits that. Um, Natalie is st- or sorry that Andy is still ruining her life even from the grave and she points to her ankle monitor um, in college one of her roommates was acting like Andy and it was way too much for her and she lost it on the person 
and i feel awful for her yes like absolutely terrible they explain that they know about the video and understand like they're trying to be empathetic toward her um she does say thank you to sal for um she says thank you to sal because she's been punished like she's dead so she got what was coming for her essentially Mm -hmm. um they straight up one person who like thinks that sal did it but is grateful for it (laughs) yes honestly yes exactly that's Mm -hmm. exactly that um they straight up ask her um did you want her dead and she's like uh yeah i literally couldn't go to school um and (laughs) when i did go to school everybody stared and laughed at me um andy even called her a slut um (sighs) and we find out who left the um death threat note and it was in fact natalie and the note read you stupid bitch i'm going to kill you that was the one for andy in her locker yes exactly Yeah, yeah 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 she ends up laughing in their faces when they suggest that Sal didn't kill Andy. Um, And then she starts kind of spiraling here and she goes to, um, do you think I really did it? Um, Because I have a a great alibi. Since I had no friends, I was literally playing Scrabble with my parents and and sister. (laughs) Sorry, it was with her sister-in-law, not her sister. Mm -hmm. Mm. So then this prompts um pip to ask well if your sister-in-law was there where was your brother um this makes natalie very upset and she's like are you suggesting that he's a suspect now too and this sets her off um she then goes off on naomi and says that she must have been talking um if you must know he was up with his other police officer friends so there's for sure no murderers in this house um she's very angry um almost on the verge of violence she tells um them to fuck off and to tell naomi to do the same and a gibbe <laughs> uh so like success but also not success yes yeah um so then at this point, um, Pip shows Ravi Daniel and Ravi does recognize him. And he tells her that he's the one who told Ravi to give up when he was doing his investigation um, and that he doesn't like me at all. Um, he recounts a story of when he was sitting on some picnic tables outside of the cafe and he told me to stop loitering, but only me he thinks it's because he was the quote-unquote only brown kid so Mm. that's kind of a tie throughout the racism from the police is Mm -hmm. kind of it's really sad um so then they're thinking um if it would be like you had mentioned easier for them um to frame sal ravi tells pip that he wants to believe um, Nat's alibi but she's violent and maybe it was a brother sister tag killer team sorry right like they both potentially had a motive yes Yes. like a tag tag team killers or something like that yeah yeah or um pip adds maybe it was a natalie and naomi tag team murderers um she did seem pretty mad at naomi so they both agree that it maybe could be both of those options and that maybe it's time to get some ice cream and think about it (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Now we're on to production log 18. Pip finally gets a response to her freedom of information request. Woo! Woo! Woohoo! So we find out that she was looking for transcripts of Sal's interview, transcripts of the interview with Jason, and the findings of the search of the Bell's homes. So essentially, she got back no's on two of the three, and she was able to receive the redacted interview with Sal. Redacted. Mm-hmm. Redacted. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nothing here to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but... In doing this, this does confirm that Jason was interviewed. So she's wondering if the police were suspicious about him, too. The transcript shows a worried Sal. Um, It's quite obvious. Um, They first ask about um, Andy's home life um, and about their relationship. Um, They also ask about what uh, what they were fighting about that day and he tells him that it's private and he can't say um, there's some large um, redacted parts, which are names of minors. Pip assumes he does tell the police that Andy never does anything she doesn't want to do. And he hopes that she's taking a break somewhere with her phone off. Um, and they ask, what does she need to t- take a break from? And he explains to them that he doesn't know because she's very private even with him pip is thinking it doesn't look very good for sal here um and she even has a sinking feeling because he was very evasive in the um, interview he's she's wondering why at this point um if people the police are looking for his girlfriend why wouldn't he say even the private things if it would mean her coming back safely Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So she's feeling very uneasy. Um, And then she's wondering if he knows about the older man, then why not just say? Um, But then he's she's also wondering, like, what if it's way worse than what they're expecting? At this point, she's feeling some regret about the transcript altogether and her feelings of um, that are wavering on Sal right now. Mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. yeah. She, anyways, um, so now she's like, I can't show him this transcript. It will break him like he'll be inconsolable if I tell him that I don't believe Sal anymore. Um, but In that moment, she also pulls like a little switcheroo and she's like, nope, actually, it doesn't feel right. Um, Someone around here knows something and they're scared that I'm on the right path is how she leaves that off. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So Pip takes Josh, her brother, to the cafe to grab some lunchy sammers and Mm -hmm. there she spots Andy's sister, Becca. So obviously she goes up to Becca and she is like, hi. And Becca calls her out on being the girl doing the project on her sister. <laughs> um, and then Becca tells Pip that she's sort of kind of dating Stanley Forbes. <laughs> kind of sort of dating him. Ew. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Yikes. So it turns out that they both want to be journalists. Um Becca is doing a job or an internship or something at the same newspaper that Stanley works at. So that's how they met. Um, Pip asked Becca if she can ask her some questions. And to her surprise, Becca agrees. So Pip asks if 
her and her sister ever received an allowance when they were young. Uh, Turns out they didn't. But Becca is very surprised by the question. And it was not at all what she was anticipating being asked. Um, But kind of answers the question for Pip wondering how Andy got all the money, right? So it wasn't her dad. She asked if there was ever tension between Andy and their dad. And this is when Becca calls off the interview. She's like, I'm done. Um, she ends up telling Pip that her and her mom finally have their life on track and that she just doesn't want to like rehash this anymore. Mm -hmm. So obviously her dad is a trigger for her, which was also interesting. Um, Becca leaves the cafe, Pip follows her, goes outside to see Josh and Barney and Josh says he doesn't think that lady liked hippo pippo, (laughs) which I thought was so funny. (laughs) Oh dear. No, I don't think she did either. No. Um, And then I've got a log here, log 19. So Pip knows that she pressed her luck questioning Bella. If Mrs. Morgan finds out about what she had done, her project will likely be disqualified and that really can't be or else she doesn't really have like a valid reason, quote unquote, to be like looking around like this. Mm -hmm. Um, She ended up stalking Becca on Facebook to like five years back and has discovered that she had one close friend in 2012 and it was a girl by the name of Jess Walker. And she's curious if maybe Jess will talk with her. Um, And then what does Pip do? She pulls a classic (laughs) Caitlin stalking move and she ends up accidentally liking one of Jess's posts oh. from five years ago. <laughs> Fuck, that's the fucking worst. I thought of you. I thought of you. <laughs> I thought of In you. In there. Does that. Oh. Got the t-shirt. It's so um, fucking embarrassing. Yeah. But but Pip doesn't commit in the same way I did. I just had to commit. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pip unlikes it, but then she's like, well, I guess I'll just message her and see if she'll talk to me on the phone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bear with me. I think this is a bit long here. Um, so we're at production log 20, which is a transcript of her interview with Jess Walker, which is like Caitlin so mentioned. juicy. Becca's friend. Yes. So Jess describes everything. (laughs) Yes. Jess describes their family as quote unquote, not quite normal. Mainly it's their dad, Jason. Um, And the way that he talked to them was always just awful. Um, He always made digs about their looks um and anything that he knew that they were self-conscious about for becca it was about her weight and for andy it was about her appearance and her makeup awful he even told her that her told andy that her face was her money maker he passed all of these comments off as jokes which no um they're not that's not funny and no. He even told Andy that you're only going to university until you find a rich husband. So essentially, Jason's in the trash pile. The girls were obviously obsessed with their looks. Um, Becca even started skipping meals because of this. Um, (sighs) Jason would make everything between the two sisters a competition. Um, She did explain, Jess did explain to Pip that they were kind of like typical siblings in the fact that they would fight and then they would get over it. Um, But Becca did look up to Andy and we find out that 
Andy was only 15 months older than Becca. Right. Um, so not much older at all. No, no. Only a year in school by the sounds mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they, Becca even started copying her and her Jess and Becca even crashed one of those calamity parties not too long before Andy went missing. In fact, um, they ended up being shunned by Andy and all of her friends and they were essentially in a corner all night. And then what Jess describes as like Becca just kind of like pieced out on her, um, which made Jess really mad that she couldn't find her friend and, this she just left and went home by herself um so she was obviously very mad until the next morning when becca asked her to come with her to get a morning after pill it has um, some bear town vibes going on yeah, here yeah which which that is yeah that's awful Not and really cool. sad um becca would never tell her what happened so she assumed um a lot of reading in between the lines um jested um she told tells pip that after this um becca missed a lot of school and then andy disappeared and then after this jess only visited um the bell's home a few times after the disappearance which at this point she noted that jason's temper was even shorter than it already was and Becca tells Jess that the alarm went off at his office building and he left the dinner party and drove drunk to check out what was going on at his office building. And Hmm. he never told the police this either, which, hmm, hmm, big hmm, Hmm. for sure. Hmm. Yeah, that's a big old thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it's common knowledge either. So, Hmm. hmm. And this is another thing. That Jess didn't even know that Sal was Andy's boyfriend until after she went missing. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, she thought her boyfriend was a different guy from the party um, since they were talking very close and never saw her with Sal. Um, Pip asks a few questions and comes to the conclusion that it was Max Hastings. Hmm. I got my eyes on Max. Hmm. Fingers Hmm. too. I'm pointing my fingers on Max. So after this um, interview, Pip is V sus on Jason and understands Andy's personality a lot better now. And it sounds like Jess didn't know about Becca's um, history with self-harm. She's like, what's up with Max, by the way, and his liar, liar, pants on fire. Mm -hmm. Miss. Um, And then she's wondering if Max is actually the older man, because technically Max is two two years older than Andy um, because he had leukemia and was held back and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It turns out after some more web sleuthing, as she's really good at her web sleuthing, turns out that Max has a fake Facebook profile. Um, Hmm. And this one. For his friends. And this one's a little bit more PG-13. And it's called Nancy Tonga Tits. <laughs> Tango like Tits? Tango Tits? Something like Tango that. Tango Tits. That's what Tango I got tits. from that. Okay. And... Like Nancy Tango Tits. It's funny. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Boobs. <laughs> um, but he, she can't get much from this because the, sa- the security settings on that profile are like bulletproof. 
The tight. Um, toy. The tight. The real toit. Um, <laughs> so she thinks to herself, when you catch somebody lying about a murdered girl, ask them why. <laughs> and then Max is added to the list. Um, yes, on the list. Max, I, maxi pad. <laughs> Max, the maxi pad. Yeah, um, I'm I, on to him. Okay, okay. You're sus mm-hmm. on Max. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. He was a liar. Of course, Pip being Pip, she shows up at Max's house and is like, hey, remember mm-hmm. me? Why are you a liar? And of course, in front of his said, mom. Yes, she says this in front of his mom, which annoys <laughs> Max. Um, and he like let's go, bitch boy. Yeah, he's a little bitch. bitch. <laughs> and he's like, let's go out of here and talk in my room. So she's Ooh. like, why am I going to this guy's room? Oh my gosh! Which I mean, but she so does it anyway. <laughs> does it anyway? Um, Max is annoyed and just avoiding all the questions that she's asking. Um, this whole time though, she's looking at her his bulletin board and kind of like shuffles over there slowly and then grabs a photo and says, If you didn't know her, what's this then? And it's a topless mm. photo of Andy. Uh oh. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you just casually have those no. hanging around. No, like for but appease too. No, no, no. But apparently it's not how it looks. Mm. He found it at school. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Right. Yeah. And that he never told Andy about it. And then he felt bad throwing it out after she had been presumably murdered. Right. That's how that works. Right. Yeah. That's like a logical thought process. Mm -hmm. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pip keeps pressing, obviously, as Pip does. Um, He finally relents and says that I'll tell you the truth. Um, He did know Andy and he was buying weed from and pills from her and she goes holy pepperoni (laughs) yeah she does because what yes and apparently now we know where she was getting all that extra cash from yes that cash flow is coming from them drugs okay so we find out that she only sold at these calamity parties apparently um max figured that she liked the money and the power um Max doesn't think that Sal knew about the drugs because he hated them so much. He was very adamant on that. Um, And he divulges that Andy had been selling for a while, but doesn't know who her dealer is. Um, Essentially, he tells her to stop asking questions and like get out of here, essentially, but grabs the photo back in the end, which is interesting. And, like, let's think about this for a sec. Max is Sal's best friend. So Max randomly finds a naked photo of his best friend's girlfriend and just keeps it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, don't you think you'd be like, oh, God, dude, I'm so sorry. I found this. Like, I'm assuming he found it prior to Sal having um died as well so like yes yes why would you just keep that if it's your best friend's girlfriend mm-hmm. seems a little sketchy to me mm-hmm. all okay, right okay i can so that. so they're at she, pips at school she's in the cafeteria aunt joins the table 
Pip is being very friendly. <laughs> they think she wants something and she's like, no, I don't. So she's like trying to keep things on the deal because she's trying not to involve her friends because she doesn't want like loose lips out there. So casually, she's like, hey, aunt, you know that guy, George, from your football team? And he's like, yes, I do know George from my football team. <laughs> it turns out that Pip wants to be invited to a calamity party. And oddly, her friends decide to go with this and they all decide to go to this party. Um, she ends up stopping by Ravi's on her way home from school that day. And she tells him that she's thinking the man who supplied Andy with the drugs could be a suspect, but we need to find out who that is. So she's going undercover to find the drug dealer. And I wrote, LOL. (laughs) Oh, shit. She's deep undercover. Pip is getting made over for the calamity. Um, (laughs) Victor is showing off his dance moves downstairs and suggests that he should go to the kilometer party as well. Oh, Victor. Um, Victor and her mom actually seems like she's they're very excited for her to go to her very first house party with alcohol and boys. (laughs) And they even remind her to be a little irresponsible. So you can see how much they trust her. And how well behaved she responsible is. she is. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> Don't forget to be a little irresponsible. She's yeah, like, you yeah. guys are backwards parents. <laughs> yes. Who are these people? Let's go. Let's get yeah. out of here. Um, they arrive and Pip immediately starts um studying the scene. She says, "This looks like some people's idea of fun." After she sees <laughs> people passed out stuff all over the floors essentially all the stuff that the guys warned her about yeah Um, she's on the lookout and trying to seem undercover so she's going around making her rounds and heads outside and asks a guy that she noticed from a one of her classes and she can't really remember his name it's either steven thompson or timson one of the two but she asks for some mary jane he seems clueless (laughs) And she says, you know, blast a roach. (laughs) Apparently, she had spent an hour researching the street names for drugs on Urban Dictionary. (laughs) So So then she she proceeds because he's still clueless, as would probably anybody would be. Um, She says, you know, that herb, some wacky tabacky, (laughs) ganja. (laughs) This throws Stephen into a um laughing fit and he As thinks that she, obviously yes she he just thinks that she's wasted and she goes along with it yes i'm so drunk um yeah, he says so yes i can roll them a joint and she's continues to be very awkward at that moment um and at this um at this point she's thinking okay this is more than a school project now um this is for sal and ravi and she pretends to smoke the joint um, and continues to ask some questions. And she asks where she might score some of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> he suggests that they can share. He's kind of like eyeing her up. She's kind of grossed out. It's kind and it's of particularly gross because he just said that he thought she was wasted. Like, he's yeah. obviously being a predator. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. And we find out that he very much is. Um, he... 
he says, you know, a guy in town, she presses, he finds, she finds out the guy's name is Howie. Um, and she asks if she, she can go to his house and he explains how this works and that you don't go to his house. You meet him at the station parking lot. The station is the train station, by the way. I thought it was the police station. Um, <laughs> and I was like, why would they go yeah. to the police station? But yeah. okay. Um, so there's a part in the parking lot where there's no camera. Um, and he also can't just give you, sorry, he, Stephen can't just give Pip his number. Um, you have to buy through him, Stephen. And he even flirts like, I'll give you a discount. Hint, hint. Um, at this point, Pip seems a little disturbed by him, but is playing along. So she's like, well, I better give you my number then. But of course, she has a plan of brewing because it's Pip. Um, I don't so... know how she thinks, thinks so quick on her feet. I know. I know. I think quick thinker. I feel like that would take me like three months to think of. Oh, I should just give right. Me... Anyways, so she proceeds to or take like you would think three months later, like, oh, fuck, yeah. I should have done that. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um. So she proceeds to take Stephen's phone from him and searches Howie's number, obviously, like that guy's mm-hmm. dumb, like, obviously. Um. And she's then like, oh, shit, how do I I'm not going to remember this number there's no way and then she's like how can I divert this so she like throws the joint says it's a bug and he like goes and gets it and takes a photo (laughs) of the number um and then she's like actually drugs aren't for me here's your phone back and tries to leave (laughs) I love how she just like drops the charade like she doesn't even put in a fake number or something she's like yeah no no, bye (laughs) actually I had I thought about it and no drugs aren't for me um he does not like this and grabs her, which is a bad idea when it comes to Pip because she shoves him off and he falls off the wall and he's messing with the wrong girl. She adamantly said no um, and tries to walk away again. He grabbed her wrist and said, stay and talk. Um, but she ends up grabbing his other wrist and like digs her nails in. He lets go and Pip runs inside and locks the door and she's shaking with fear. So, uh, yeah, that's really actually terrifying. I feel, yeah, that's awful. That Steven guy is no good. No, and I think it's kind of like her first foray into Mm. being Mm -hmm. in that kind of situation, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, realizing, oh, shit, like, people actually have to deal with this. Yes, yes. True, very true. It kind of set me up in, like, a way where I was wondering if it was written in there like that to offer Pip some empathy in terms of like what Becca went through because something obviously happened with Becca, right? Yes. Yes, true. I I was just connecting that. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Because why else would that be there? Like, I mean, maybe it's to just to just show that this investigation is getting kind of like scary like it's yeah. beyond just like a project now but yeah I don't it's know real life like you're there. yeah you're messing and dealing with people that might be nefarious right like yeah and like not have good intention and... exactly mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so next we go into a production log um Pip has been staking out the parking lot for four hours she didn't see anybody that caught her eye um she says that Ravi thinks that I should just call Howie 
um, and ask about Andy, but Pip knows that that won't work. Um, and she's decided to add the drug dealer slash Howie Bowers to the list. To the list. He's on the list. He's on the list. Okay. So Pip has been watching, not the police station, the train station. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go over. She waited for a long time. Finally, mm-hmm. she sees someone who she thinks could be Howie. She ends up hiding in her car and she's watching. She ends up catching a glimpse of this guy's face. And she thinks that this guy could be in his late 20s or early 30s. Um, she thinks super quick and decides to call him to make sure that it's him because she has his number. And if he answers, then it's likely him. Um, she does call him. He does answer, but he calls her back and she decides that it was stupid to not withhold her phone number. And I'm like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you just be calling a known drug dealer? Don't do that, Goopus. Yeah. Star six, seven or seven, six or whatever it is. That I think it's not star six, nine. Star six seven. One of them. Anyway. One of those two. So then someone else shows up and it's like a guy in like dress clothes and whatever. And guess what? It's Stanley fucking Forbes. (laughs) And Pip is just like, what is going on? Um, Stanley ends up handing Howie some kind of envelope. And Pip can also see that Stanley is shaking. So he's nervous, like something's going on. And he tells Howie that this is the last time. Um, And Howie says something back, but his voice is much quieter. So she doesn't quite make it it all out. But she does hear a couple of words. And the last word ended up being tell. Um, So he's going to tell something is obviously what's implied there for the threat. But Stanley says, quote, I don't think you would dare. So then another boy comes by. Pip recognizes him. He goes to school with her. So he's a minor. Um, he's buying drugs. It's obvious. Pip is taking tons of pictures, as you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she thinks that these photos are good leverage on how to blackmail a drug dealer. <laughs> she would Which be I right. just love. Yes, she mm-hmm. would be right. Um, Howie ends up starting to walk away, and Pip decides to get out of her car and follow him on foot. No, <laughs> oh, Pip. So she ends up following him and she's so consumed in it that she doesn't realize where she is. And when she finally looks around and sees a street sign, it turns out that they are on the exact same fucking road where Andy's car was found. Mm -hmm. And she's like, whoa, this is spooky. So she keeps following him. She finds out where he lives now. And in that parking lot driveway of his house, she sees a faded maroon car. And she calls Ravi right away, telling him that he needs to meet her there now. When he arrives, she's just like, so there's a lot I need to tell you. <laughs> first, I need to catch up. Yes. First, I want to let you know that I kept the police report from you because it didn't look great for Sal. And also, I followed the drug dealer back here. Um, and also, this is the road that Andy's car was found. <laughs> also, and... I had, but I had a little note that if wouldn't you have to be like really stupid to leave the car near if you did it, leave the car near your house? I know. I agree. I thought of that, but like, obviously the p- 
police probably aren't on to Howie being a drug dealer. So it's not like they would necessarily put two and two together. Mm -hmm. Or like Mm -hmm. maybe he didn't anticipate her car to be found if he did take it. Or Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. being set up by somebody who knows. Oh, true, true. It's just a it's a big web right now. That's all it feels like. It's a big mindfuck. That's right. So she reassures Ravi that she believes that Sal is still innocent, but she needs to show him something in the drug dealer's driveway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. And they both agree that this is a holy pepperoni moment (laughs) (laughs) because the license plate matches the note from Sal's phone on April 18th. Oh, my god actually i just had a thought like what Mm -hmm. if what if sal had driven andy's car there for some reason to like try to confront him or something oh and like that's why it ended up there Hmm. Hmm. i don't know maybe just throwing it out there just maybe ravi and pip speculate that sal must have followed andy here like to the drug dealer's house and that's why he was mad since like I said before, he hated drugs and he was being evasive because he was trying to protect Andy because he thought that she was alive and didn't want her to be in trouble with the police. When she um, came back, which makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. That does make sense. And she even says in this moment, she's like, your brother has never looked more innocent to me than in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, also, um, I'm going to go knock on the door right now. So I hope you're okay with that. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Ravi's like, you're literally, this is dumb. And then she's like, what do you mean? We have le- leverage now. Let's go. And then anyway, she knocks <laughs> on the door. Um, and then she says, hello, may we pl- please buy some drugs? <laughs> <laughs> Which is and exactly then- what you should say. Yeah, exactly. And then she informs him that she's blackmailing him. Um, and that they're not leaving until they give, um, that until he gives them what they want, um, and that they won't hesitate to go to the police for selling, for him selling drugs to minors and shows him the pictures. Um, so at this point, she does, um, at this point she asks if he remembers Andy Bell and he says, let's go inside, which I feel this is very sketchy. Um, he explains the story about Andy and how they came to be working together and that Andy came to him in early 2011 and she said with a proposition saying that she could get him more business and they were both in the, Mm. the business of making money essentially. Um, so Mm -hmm. he didn't hesitate Mm -hmm. on that. Um, he explains that he doesn't know how she found me and um he because he agreed he gave her the low down low down on how to sell drugs and how to like keep a low profile and all this stuff and he a- even gave her a burner phone to use so then pip is like a oh my what gosh. <laughs> a, there's a second phone holy fuck um she told andy told howie um where she stashed all of this like drug dealing um accoutrement like her phone and the drugs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and she told him that she stashed everything in the floorboards because her parents never knew about that um 
she started off just selling weed. Um, and then she got into a lot of different things like, um, MDMA, mephedrone, ketamine. Um, and then she had a few regular buyer buyers of Rohypnol, which I'm like, cool, cool. That's awful. Mm -hmm. But apparently, apparently it's not for what everybody thinks it is. It's just for chilling. So Mm -mm. I don't know about that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Uh Mm -hmm. He explains that, um, it could have, it was a posh blonde kid from her school and she thinks that it's Max. And he says, yeah, it could have been. Um, this is the point when I'm yes. losing my mind over Max. Cause I'm like, <laughs> did he roofie and rape Becca at that fucking party? Oh my gosh. You're and right. buy it from Andy. Oh my gosh. And maybe Andy you know knew what? like, what? <laughs> what? If? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I didn't even. <laughs> Why didn't I even? Th- oh my god, I'm so dumb. I didn't even think. No, of that, you're literally. not. I I literally read it all like right before we recorded, so that's why it's fresh in my Very brain. True. But I'm like, oh my god, Max is something is up. Something is up. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what if? Uh, and also, like, what if Andy and Max were secretly dating, and then Max oh. rapes Andy's younger sister, who then oh, tries to almost like kill herself, right, because mm-hmm. of the self harm thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Good points. Those are good points. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Um, so at this point, she asks if they had more of a, more of a relationship other than just business. This pisses Howie off and like, he is red in the face. Um, he even kicks his beer can um, in Pip's direction. Um Ravi tries to calm things down and he is adamant that it was just business um, and accuses Sal of being the killer. Um, They're like, okay, we're leaving. Goodbye. Like, we got to get out of here. Let's go. And he says, not so fast. Obviously, now you got what you wanted. Delete the pics, essentially. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll delete them. No problem. Um on their way out the door, Howie warns them about asking dangerous questions. And Pip is just very pleased that she got a lot of information. And she says, hold on a moment while I restore all these photos. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need to blackmail Ex- a drug dealer again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. Okay. So production log 23. Howie does not have an alibi for the night that Andy disappeared. Howie is also an older guy who Andy could have easily ruined. So that's something that Pip is thinking about. She's also kind of debating if maybe Max and or Naomi may have left the house that night. And just like neither of them are saying it could have been like a potential tag team or one of them she's just exploring all of her options right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um she does believe that there is no max slash howie tag team she writes that off the page um but her number one priority is to find andy's secret burner phone she thinks that Mm -hmm. if they find the phone maybe they find the secret older guy who she thinks is the key to all of this unraveling it anyway or at least to start Um, And she is now super skeptical of Stanley, too. Pip and Barney were dancing together while their mom was bringing out, setting the table, bringing out dinner, which is actually adorable. 
Um, it's family dinner time. Uh, Pip's mom and her dad are asking about her applying to schools, etc. It seems very normal. Suddenly her phone goes off and they have a very strict no phones at the table rule. And she's like, oh shit, what if it's Kara? It sounds like Kara texts like me which is 17 <laughs> texts in a row no cares <laughs> nope yeah that is your <laughs> hello uh, i'm here just... i want to talk <laughs> <laughs> it's just my style i can't get all my thoughts out in one text message and I, don't make me i understand i understand no i feel like i'm the same way sometimes too <laughs> yeah no and some people aren't though and they like make really long paragraphs and i'm like this is too overwhelming i can't yeah <laughs> You I need to just right send now. me 20 separate texts, please. <laughs> and then I can digest it. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, so she goes to just turn her ringer off because she's like, oh, I don't want to have it go off and off and off if it's Kara. Um, she ends up looking at the phone and the blood drains from her face. Her mom's like, hey, you okay? She's like, I got to pee. She even falls on her way to the bathroom. And it turns out. She's got a text message that is from unknown, and it says, you stupid little bitch, leave this alone while you still can. So now we have a production log 24, and that's because Pip can't sleep, which I can sympathize with. Same girl, same. (laughs) But in all seriousness, um, Pip realizes that this is no longer a joke and that somebody knows that she's getting close Um, And that someone is the person that followed them into the woods and that someone also has her phone number. Mm -hmm. Um, She tried to respond back, but no dice. She got an error code and she can't even find who the number belongs to. Um, She's wondering if this is the person who murdered Andy and now do they want to murder me too? But she feels like she can't go to the police yet because she has no tangible proof. Um, she needs to find that burner phone and then she'll leave this alone, which I'm like, sure, Pip, sure you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find out that today Pip is pulling a quote unquote sickie and she's only <laughs> ever missed four days of school. And that was when she had the chicken pox. Oh my gosh. So she's staking out the Bell's house now and, um, Ravi meets her there Um, And she explains to him that they don't have an alarm and that Dawn has left. And so has Becca. They have both left for the day. Um, And he's like, tell me we're not breaking in. And Pip's like, yeah, no, we're breaking in. (laughs) Um, She explains that we need the physical evidence. um, And then Pip feels very badly about what she's done because Pip is not thinking clearly. And Ravi explains that she is Ravi explains that he can't help because he's the brother of the accused. And on top of that, my race also implicates me, which makes Pip very, very angry with herself because her dad has explained to her many times about the experiences that he has had in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, of course, Pip apologizes profusely because she is just a kind, kind girl um Mm -hmm. and and she realizes it was her fault for thinking like for assuming these things exactly um but Ravi in this moment decides that he's going to risk it because this is way too important for them um and because they're partners in crime so Mm, literally literally (laughs) he asks for the plan and she tells him that they're going to use the hidden key 
because everybody in that little town has a hidden key, which true, good point. Um, they find the key on the wind chimes, which is also very smart. Like if you're going to get it, you're making noise, which is interesting. True, um, true, true. And then um, they have the key and Pip pulls on her yellow dish gloves. <laughs> And she tells um, Ravi that there's a pair in there for him as well, which are her mom's purple gardening gloves because they can't leave any prints behind. And then she puts the key in the door and twists the lock. And that's how that ends. Don't We're on a little suspicious. cliffhanger. Don't, Don't be suspicious. suspicious. <laughs> that is a cliffhanger. Yes. So Shauna got the conversation going in the Facebook group this mm-hmm. week. Head on over yeah. there and tell us what you think. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's some babes chiming in. Definitely, I'm You're leaning sus- hard on Max. You are on Max. I still, I still love the thought of um, Andy doing all of this, and she's actually alive. I mean, like, I'm, but I'm just, I'm thinking like if they find that hidden phone, what if, mm-hmm. but what if, um, Sal and Andy did meet up that night and the text messages were just on the hidden phone. True. And true. knew about. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. I think a lot lies with this phone. Hopefully mm-hmm. we'll find out, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, and I would say if the phone's not there, then I'm thinking like, yeah, Andy did it because then. True she's left her actual phone on Sal and she now just mm-hmm. has this burner phone until she can probably find another phone. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just speculating. I just, she's so manipulative and no offense. I, this is a fictional story. So she's like a bitch. She's a total bitch. She's oh my God. Actually the worst. <laughs> like she's the biggest bully. Like that's yes. off. She's yes. awful. <laughs> yes, totally. It sounds like her and Max would be a good team. <laughs> this is true this is true this is true maybe Mac. maybe max knows she's still alive and that's why he has a topless photo of her oh my lord well oh, i guess we'll have lord. to find out okay let's keep reading okay okay um see you next see week. you next week okay bye bye, bye. <laughs> okay bye all right Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, bye! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.